Thanks for tuning in again to the Fandom Done Right podcast. This episode is recorded in honor of all the poor souls that had to wear winter clothing for a winter scene set in the middle of summer 2011 in that big football stadium. Welcome back, everybody, to Spencer, Tim Tackle. Obviously, I'm Spencer. I'm joined by Tim. Hi. We are here to talk about... It, it. Apparently, what I read online was that it was the third biggest movie of 2012, but I think it's technically the second biggest movie of 2012. We're talking about The Dark Knight Rises. Finishing out the Dark Knight trilogy. Uh, for Spencer and Tim Tackle, we usually uh, rewatch things we love, Sometimes things that are underrated. Sometimes it's whole trilogies like this. Typically, it's a rewatch show. Sometimes it's a new thing that we're like, this is kind of niche, but you should watch it. So, Tim, what do you think about The Dark Knight Rises? So, out of the three Dark Knight movies, this is the one I have seen the least. I think for this rewatch, this was probably my second or third time to watch it. it they definitely made... A lot of changes to some some uh, Batman villain bat stories and stuff. Uh, overall, I think it's a good movie. It's weird because it's it's this like the same length as Dark Knight, but it feels so much slower. Yes, yes. This used to be my favorite movie in this trilogy. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when I first saw it, I remember being blown away. I thought it was really good. Again, like I said last week at the Dark Knight review, I think I'm, I, I definitely saw Batman Begins, this, then the Dark Knight. Um, so I think I was a bit confused on the Harvey Dent stuff. When I, I must have yeah. been. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so the, the reason that I love this one, but even when I went and saw Dark Knight, I still thought this one was the best in my memory. Uh, I don't still hold that opinion. Like, I... <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I've rewatched this a bunch of times, and for whatever reason, this one just didn't... Maybe I wasn't in the right mood or something, but it just didn't land. It didn't uh, crash the plane, if you will, <laughs> for me. Uh, it's still a good movie. There's good stuff in it, but it was just uh, a little slow, a bit boring, but the last third of the movie was still like a banger of a time. Like it's a really, the, the end of the movie is really fun, but the rest of it's kind of neither here nor there. Uh, but it does follow Batman Begins a lot, which I like. Yeah. Uh, and, and I liked that they included the Batcave and the, the Bat light hallway. Yeah, I did notice from that. From the Dark Knight. Yeah, last time I said that they didn't do that, but they did. They did bring it back. They have to. They can't. Yeah. They can't use the Batcave. So starting off with the first scene of this movie, that is the most elaborate way of crashing a plane. It was a uh, yeah. I don't know. It's like one of those big, grandiose Christopher Nolan, you know, probably as real as possible set pieces. Yeah. But I don't love it. I think I'm. I think I'm the opposite. Like, like it's it's totally unnecessary 
but I love it. Like, Bane could have just got to the plane and then beat up everyone and then figured out if they knew anything. Uh, But no, they had to take a plane up in the air and then take a bigger plane and attach some people to it with some lines and then take off the wings and the back of it and flip it. And don't forget the blood transfusion. Then, oh yeah, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't under, I don't know why that happened. Uh, because they had to, they had to leave uh, one of their own behind. They had to identify the doctor among the wreckage. Oh, okay. Because you can yeah. identify one specific person by blood. Yeah, that's how. That's, that's how. That's how. That that's works. how that works. Yeah. <laughs> that was something i noticed this it was bonkers it's okay I, I you know i'll take it back it's it's really cool it's really fun but i think i think the reason that i didn't like this this time as much was because bane was just weird uh bane is very strange in this to me especially so that scene's just like I, sets up what this bane is like yeah he just i think i really liked bane this time except at the end when when he stops talking and becomes not the boss. Yeah. I actually saw a clip. I was meaning to send it to you before we recorded this, but there's a clip from the original. It's the original plane scene where they had to redo a few scenes or they did, um, I think Tom Hardy actually did like voiceover because you can't see his mouth moving anyway. But he did a voiceover because they changed his voice. And so I saw a clip from the original scene yeah. of Tom Hardy's original Bane voice. Uh, and it was much better. Uh, this one's like... Wasn't it... Wasn't the old one like more gravelly? Like you couldn't hear it or understand it? I think the idea was that it was harder to understand. Uh, but the <laughs> the one we got in the final movie cut is just a little bit almost muppety i don't know but a way to describe the difference but yeah the, the original is more gravelly more not deadpan but it's not it's not as much he goes up and down in the in the <laughs> final movie and the the original one isn't like that he's like we need to figure out what he told you but more gravelly like you can't understand it as well but this one's like we need yeah. to figure out what he told you <laughs> it's like um what no one talks like this. I, I don't know. I kind I really like Bane, at least this time through. I didn't. Maybe I didn't approach it with enough levity to enjoy it. I was trying to take him seriously, and that just didn't work. <laughs> but the scene where he breaks Batman is is his best scene for me. So good. Oh, I, that scene is beautiful. Uh, and one thing I noticed about it this time the only sound is them fighting and then the waterfall. There's no music soundtrack or anything. And it's great. They also, uh, they took out the sounds of Batman. Well, they added in extra sounds for Bane's steps. Oh, really? To make him more imposing. And then Batman, like you can't hear him when he steps and stuff. Oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't notice that. Yep. This also might be the only movie now I'm thinking about that fight because he turns off the lights. It might be the only movie where they don't explain what an EMP is. 
Because they don't. They just say, oh, I need this EMP thing. And they just move on. Yeah. Uh, I guess a favorite dialogue scenes. Let's go through that. One we have to talk about is Alfred and Bruce when Alfred leaves Bruce. Yeah. Where he's like, um, I've, I've stitched you up, I've set your bones, but I won't bury you. And he's like, you're afraid if I go back out there, I'll fail. And he's like, I'm afraid that you want to. That got me. I, I, I really like that scene, but a part of me thinks that after eight years of seeing Bruce seclude himself in his room, that Alfred would have told him about the letter. I agree. Uh, in, in between that time. I, um, I was frustrated by that. But I still really like that scene. It's good. And I, I like the, I don't know if maybe it's this Alfred is a little different because I feel like Alfred would be more like Lucius Fox was where he's like, I don't really care like if you're becoming Batman again or not because being Batman is actually getting you out of the house. Like Lucius Fox is like, <laughs> I, I actually am seeing Bruce less when he's not Batman. So I've got cool toys. Let's bring Batman back out. <laughs> I don't know. I just like that. I like, I like Lucius's approach. I'm trying to think of more, uh, more good lines in this. I've come to calling it the bat. And yes, it does come in black. <laughs> uh, Catwoman and, and uh, Bruce are really... There's a great relationship there. Every time they go and every time they do stuff together, but when Catwoman is surrounded by the thugs, like and Batman comes in and saves her, I thought that was a real cool yeah. scene. There's a, there's like only a couple good Batman I, scenes, but that was one of them. But like when she gets in the thing, she's like, "My mother warned me about getting in cars with strange men. This isn't a car." <laughs> I think that was I in a, liked them that, more. that was in a TV spot, which made me just super hyped. I liked them a lot more than Bruce and uh, uh, Miranda. Yeah, yeah. That felt super shoehorned in. It did. It really did. Like, she's showing up at your house. Like, that's a little creepy. Just be like, leave me alone, actually. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, oh, I did like it. Well, yes, her showing up at his house was weird, but uh, him knocking on the door and Alfred not coming and him not having any keys, I really liked that. that yeah, that made, uh, made me laugh. And yeah, that was, that was really good. I think the, honestly, Christian Bale, his just authentic performance, like he kind of drives the movie for me. I think if he had been checked out, it would never, the movie wouldn't work at all. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause he kind of jumps, he jumps back in the bat suit. He, he, he makes us feel that he really wants to get back into it. And I don't know his, and then his drive to get out of the pit and everything, like it's really focused on Bruce's journey. Um, And that's, that's really why this movie resonates for me. Like, I feel like, Dark Knight, we got a fair bit of him, but it was so all over. There's so much going on that we didn't get to experience what Bruce was going through. Yeah, and I, I think it, like, Bruce didn't care uh, about the city or anything until Robin came to his door and was like, hey, the 
the orphanage that you've been funding isn't being funded anymore. Uh, like you should care about the city again. And I think that's when he, when he wanted to become Batman again. Uh, even though Alfred was like, no, this city needs Bruce now. Um, and Alfred might be right. But it was, yeah, I, I don't, I think it needed both. Yeah. Uh, and it really just showed the absence of Bruce in the city of Gotham and how much Gotham needed both Batman and Bruce. I think almost every, and I think the Batman's going to talk about this a little bit, but almost every Batman universe, it's like the fact is that Bruce Wayne, philanthropist, head of Wayne Enterprises, has a lot more influence on the city of Gotham, almost more than Batman does. Yeah. But I, I agree. It was like, no, Batman probably needs to come back. And I can't decide on this watch if Batman... I don't know if he... I guess he did save the hostages from Bane. But he did make kind of make sure the police followed him instead of catching Bane's people. Yeah, I don't really think that was necessarily Batman's fault, though. No. Because the police were just dead set on following Batman. Yes. But if Batman hadn't been there, I don't know. I guess... I think they still wouldn't have caught them. No. No, they definitely wouldn't have caught Bane's crew. What did you think of John Blake and that? He's sort of original character, but he's a big player in this movie. Um, I liked his character. I think at the end, instead of saying his real name was Robin, it should have been like Terry McGinnis or Dick Grayson. Or his, his character just should have been Dick Grayson from the beginning or something like that. Yeah, but then wouldn't people be mad about him being uh, not being an acrobat or whatever? Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I, I think the Robin is just a nod that he's the next person in line. Not that, because he's going to be, the idea was that he becomes Batman. That was more clear to yeah. me this time than before. I didn't, I had forgotten that Bruce had a new Batman light put in, like a big fat one, <laughs> big fancy, <laughs> big fancy Batman light. And Gordon's like, "Whoop!" I'm confused. <laughs> okay, favorite, I guess favorite Batman scene or sequence. Mm, they were all so short. Yeah, because the the after the stock exchange. That's actually only 90 seconds. Like the amount of time that it takes on the iPads to run through, like that's how long the scene is. Yeah. Before I answer that, one thing I didn't like about this movie was how short his recovery was. Yeah, I was like, Cause they, why? They, they, they spiced it up like, dude, you you can barely walk and you have no ligaments and or cartilage and no muscle. Uh, you're barely a person. Uh, and then he just got some braces and then he can kick brick walls. Um, so I didn't like that part. Uh, and I think that might be why his Batman scenes were so short because they tried to emphasize the fact that he's, he's not up to his game as he was before. And, but he was still taking down bad guys. And I think that's what led him to 
to have confidence in his fight against Bane and Bane breaking him. Um, and so I really liked his fight with, with Bane, but also his fight with Catwoman together was great. Uh, it was very short, but it really... I mean, you and I both play Arkham games. Uh, that fight really felt like an Arkham game. Yes. Uh, just the team up and no guns. Uh, it, was, it was so good. I really love the Batwing in this. It's very, <laughs> very well designed in the theme of like the Tumblr and the Bat Cycle. He- yeah, it really felt like the Tumblr with hover capability it was awesome i i love when he's just like surrounded by all the cops and he's just like rides the pod out of there and they're like like a rat in the trap and the cop is just having the time of his life this whole sequence it's like oh you're in for a show tonight son like batman's back and then uh he flies out of there i was like i think you got the wrong animal there sir so (laughs) so great I guess this the entire end sequence, like Batman in the middle of the day with the police fighting against Bane's army. Like Batman is still not in a, not in the A game he was in Dark Knight by any means, but he is better than he was at the beginning of the movie. Like he had built back up oh, his yeah, strength yeah, for and sure. climbed out of the pit and everything. So I felt that was pretty triumphant in him beating Bane finally. Yeah, I think that's one of the best parts about this movie. Um, also, it was it was really great to see Batman out in daylight. Yeah, like he didn't he didn't have very many scenes at night. Um, he used the darkness in the sewer, but most of his scenes were in the daylight. Yeah, because at this point he's like, I'm probably gonna die anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't really matter anymore. The I remember Ben Affleck said in an interview that his suit just looks awful in the daytime. Like his kid wanted him to be Batman at his birthday party or something, and he put it on and it just like looked <laughs> terrible. So I think that's a you know that's a typical thing for Batman suits, but this one looks great anytime. Yeah. And I think he they were both Dark Knight versions, right? Like the one at the beginning uh, of the Affleck film. Ben Affleck in this one? Yeah, the one at the beginning of Dark Knight Rises. He's wearing the one from the Batcave, and then the other one's like from his Dark Knight base. But I think it's basically oh, the same yeah. suit. If not exactly yeah. the same. So last time for the Dark Knight, I had mentioned that that movie had taken inspirations from Dark Knight Rises and... Uh, Long Halloween and stuff like that. Dark Knight Returns. Uh, I think this one, yes. I think this one also takes some inspiration from both of those, Dark Knight Returns and Long Halloween. Long Halloween, mainly in the sense that in that one, Harvey's work life took most of his time and he kind of neglected his family. And uh, in this one, uh, we there's a mention that Gordon's family left him and are in a different city uh, because he was just so focused on work. And then just the whole aspect of there being an underground uh, police force and 
like using the the bat symbols and stuff like that for communication and stuff like that. That seemed very Dark Knight Rises, and then him coming out of the like actually rising and stuff like that. It seemed very reminiscent of Dark Knight Rises or Returns. Sorry. <laughs> That's interesting because I don't really think of this movie and attach it to a Batman story from the from the lore, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's very slight nods, if intended. Yeah. Another character that's great in this, but he only gets play in like the second half is Gordon. Yeah, I, I was going to mention that because it felt like he got sidelined oh. for most of the movie. It did feel like that. But then like once it gets on, once the after the football stadium like when the 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 two or three months that they're under bane's war zone that's when gordon goes into action yeah but there it was still a good scene when batman goes to get checked out and he's like no you he's like i've seen worse cartilage in knees oh that's good i mean you have no cartilage in your knees (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he's like i do not for all these reasons i don't recommend you go hella skiing and bruce is like right and then <laughs> and then bruce just like repels out of the window to go talk to gordon and he's like wearing kind of the same outfit he did when he first talked to gordon and batman begins yeah yeah that was a good callback to begins yes i didn't think of that and then two more callbacks to begins that i think about them bruce just getting swarmed by bats in the pit yeah um on the one that he makes it on the time that the attempt that he makes it actually out of the pit and then joseph gordon levitt which i'm just gonna keep saying the actor's name i guess no john blake in the bat cave (laughs) has the same thing where the bats swarm him so i thought that was really cool yeah joseph gordon levitt is playing the character of john blake which is playing the character of robin which is going to be batman apparently (laughs) he's <laughs> got a lot to learn though Bruce trained at a Ra's yeah. or Ra's al I don't know which one I like better are you a Ra's or Ra's person um Ra's interesting I think I'm I think I'm I mean, usually a Ra's but after so much Arkham recently my brain is saying Ra's yeah, I I understand that. I just it irritates me sometimes because there's definitely not an H in that word. Yes, you know you've convinced me. I'm a Ross. <laughs> uh, this last kind of moment that I wanted to uh, talk about was when Crane, uh, death or exile, with Gordon. <laughs> All of them are funny, but it's just funny that he's on just this giant pile of junk. And there's all these yeah. people chanting. I'm like, who are these people? But it was just a almost a comical appearance from from Killian Murphy. Uh, but then Gordon and them have to go and walk on the ice. And Batman just darts all the people. And he's like, light it up. And it's just a great scene. But it's like, Oh, all these people keep falling into the ice, but Batman and four other people that are important can. <laughs> and they can plant oil and fire. You gotta love plot armor sometimes. There's a lot. There's a fair amount of plot armor in this one. 
that would be the two Arkham thing related uh, humor that I wanted to bring into this is that uh, Bruce has to use the Catwoman climbing mechanic from Arkham City to climb out of the pit. And <laughs> good, 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 bad, false, lose the room. Good, 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 perfect. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's a really, really niche reference. And then the other one, I guess, would be setting up the the fiery bat symbol, which certainly took Bruce a long time that he probably didn't have. I I imagine him uh, like hanging off of the bat, uh, like spray painting oil or something <laughs> on it, and uh, and no one noticing, and then him being like, "Ooh, yes, <laughs> I did it." No one saw me. No one saw this gigantic <laughs> hovercraft. And that is why Bane said impossible when he saw it. Because he's like, impossible. No one's that stealthy. Or, or should I say, impossible. Improbable. No one's that stealthy. Improbable. <laughs> that, was our, that was our Bane impressions for the episode. <laughs> yeah, this was, I was thinking, I'm like, this would not make a good video game. He plays Bruce for like half the game. <laughs> you spend half of it in the cave or in the prison and being like, ah! <laughs> Press spacebar to yell. <laughs> Ooh, I like to. And then constantly making the jump and just swinging into a wall. <laughs> we have to mention Liam Neeson came back for this. He's like a ghost or something, yeah. but. Oh. So cool. The first time you watched this, did you think that Bane was really the child? Like Bruce did? Uh, yeah. I did too. But this time I was like, uh, it's pretty obvious it's not. <laughs> no, even this time, like I knew it was Miranda or Tolly or Tate or whatever. But I was still like, yeah, it definitely makes more sense if it's Bane, I think. And we got that brief shot of Tom Hardy. <laughs> Yeah, I I definitely I definitely didn't like the reveal that it was Miranda. I think because was Bane also born in darkness? Yes. Or is it just only Miranda can wield darkness because she was born in darkness, but then she trained Bane how to wield the darkness or something? That's a great point. I don't ah. I didn't even think about all that because, uh, you know, if it was just legend, then it would make sense, I guess, because it's like, well, it's not true. But Bane references that he was born in darkness and everything. Yeah. So I don't know. And, and it's like after after the reveal that Miranda Tate is bad. I just I didn't feel any fear toward bane or anything like he didn't feel like an imposing figure uh also just because he got wasted from catwoman that was a great that was very satisfying though yeah well i think like that's like what brings bane down is his affection for talia his one-way street affection probably but (laughs) Like, that's the only person that he serves, truly. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was it was all right, but it wasn't the best reveal in the world. But it's okay. It was annoying that Talia, like that Miranda, faked out Gordon and them. Like they almost had the right truck, and like she pretended to mark the wrong truck on purpose. I didn't realize that until this time. I don't think I realized that until you just said it. Yeah, that's why they. I was thinking they just swapped it afterwards. No, but yeah, that's what that's what happened. Because they were tracking yeah. that one. Yeah, that makes sense. Something that did annoy me too. It's one of those things that's like I guess it's good for the story, but it's like things just keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And them getting all the Batmobiles was really sad. Yeah. And then him losing um, his money was. What sad. do you think about? Yeah. For sure. Like, <laughs> Bruce and Batman, their life could not get any worse than yes. it is in this movie. Yes. What do you think about there being more tumblers, but Bruce not using one? That's where I'm at. I'm like, like why he used the bat in the bike. I thought that was annoying. It was like the they used all of the, the bat vehicles in this movie, but Batman didn't actually use one. Um, on one hand, I agree, but at the other hand, it's like the bat is more versatile. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He's kind of moved on from the tumbler, and they're the bad guys, you know, they're not as stealthy either. And you can't tell who's inside them. That's true. But all the same, uh, rating wise, uh, I would probably give it like. I'm like seven out of ten. Um, most of that is for the last third of the movie, with the the ending payoff being Alfred in the the wine place in France. Oh no, it, Italy. Uh, seven and a half out of ten. So probably the I wouldn't um, say it's bad. Like I I, I don't want to say that it's the worst of the entire trilogy right. uh but for me it's like i would say this is the weakest i think yeah i think my favorite is still i think my favorite still batman begins and that's just maybe that's just because i didn't watch these in order there could be a lot of reasons but i like all of the the storytelling and themes of the first one a lot and i like the pacing of it i think that's probably not a popular pacing is i think the pacing's the best in begins i think overall i like dark knight more i think that's a more than i I still like this one but i i just is this one i i can't figure out what i don't like about this one but it's not up to the other two i think the bad guys are not as engaging like yeah well yeah that's that's definitely one of the things about the dark knight trilogy that makes it so good is the the bad guys are are just so good uh like you know celian murphy is in crane uh and we got raish al ghul wow i did it raish um and then we got the joker and they just but even like they made the movies even the small the smaller uh, bad guys like Falcone and Batman Begins and Two Face. Yeah, and of course Two Face is a big player, but 
what's his face? The guy that replaces Falcone in Dark Knight. He's really fun. The Chinese guy? No, no, no. Uh, the the guy the guy that he drops and breaks his leg. Mal- oh, Maloney or Maroney um, or yeah, something like that. That guy's fun. Yeah, is such a different. That guy's such a different like change from Falcone, but he's still fun. He's very like chill. Friends, have you met this guy? <laughs> oh, speaking of small antagonists, what do you what did you think of Daggett? Yeah, so like this one we have Daggett. That's where I was that was the end of my thought. Oh Ben Mendelssohn. I didn't I, I love Ben Mendelssohn. remember he was in this movie at all. <laughs> I I did, actually. I was thinking I was like, Ben Mendelssohn's in this. It's <laughs> His character in Rogue One and and John Daggett are almost exactly the same, <laughs> and I don't. There's no reason they should be, but I really think they're almost like beat for beat exactly the same. But I think you're also kind of comparing uh, Bane to to Batman. I mean, Bane to Darth Vader. Yes, because of his encounter. <laughs> yes. That's a that's a fun take. It's so true though. I don't know. That's yeah. I'm not attacking Darth Vader. I'm not attacking. No, no, yeah. Director Krennic, but Bane doesn't make as many puns as Darth Vader. So, and by that I mean also fun fact about Daggett. (laughs) Uh, Daggett first debuted in uh, Batman the Animated Series. Oh, that's great. We love Batman the Animated Series. Yes. It just kind of solidified so many stories about Batman. Like, it's almost more influential than the comics were. Like, it's, like, on par. Uh, Yeah. With a lot of Batman media. So, we love to see that. Man, I could talk about 90s comic, or 90s animated shows for so long. (laughs) They're so good. Uh, Theme-wise... One theme of Rises is pain. Uh, Bruce is still reeling from pain from Rachel. Alfred has this pain associated with seeing Bruce let himself go or kill himself. Gordon's feeling a bunch of pain from the truth he's been hiding about Harvey Dent. And then Bane and Tali are motivated by pain from their history. Uh, Bane trying to prove himself after being excommunicated. And then Talia's pain from her father being killed. And I think even uh, John Blake is dealing with uh, the truth of Batman being framed for the murder of Dent uh, and kind of him dealing with that and how to move forward. Yeah. And and Blake, I did want to mention Blake just being that I didn't, I didn't think about this until this watch, but John Blake is really, he leaves the force it's because he can't handle the injustice like that whole in that whole scene with him on the bridge where they blew the bridge and everything like that broke kind of yeah. broke his uh vision of the law and i think that kind of set up yeah. though him being the new batman really well i don't know what his cover story would be <laughs> like his secret identity <laughs> now but still a cool a cool setup and then Tim, you pointed out that another theme of this, and I agree, this is true, is uh, truth. Yeah, uh, it's just 
like Gordon um, trying to reveal the truth and then not being able to, um, Alfred uh, not being able to reveal the truth and then finally revealing the truth of uh, Rachel moving on with Dent uh, and Bruce having to move on with that truth. And, but also Bruce just coming out of hiding and thinking that he can be Batman again and then Bane breaking him and him realizing that he's not what he once was and he kind of just has to build himself up from square one again. Uh, and then just the reveal of Talia or Miranda. Um, and I think even the truth of... Uh, like in the prison when uh when bruce is trying to to jump but still having the rope on and him realizing that he just he has to fear again um and fear is part of life and that is a big step of him rising again yes absolutely and then though of course i don't know if you just said this but the truth of talia being the actual child yeah, I still don't like that. Not that we but, like yeah, that, that's but truth. it is a theme of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's time for The Trivia Rises. Uh, some things I wanted to mention bef- that I didn't write down. Uh, Thomas Lennon plays the doctor. Bruce should have listened to him, but he got his back broken instead. Uh, he played a doctor in another Nolan movie. I'm pretty sure it was Memento. So that's fun. Uh, the other thing still on my watch list the other thing is the football stadium so as i mentioned it's a winter scene but they had to film it in the summer so all of the extras and everything had to just burn up (laughs) just sweat it out uh the team is the steelers and the seahawks and there it's a real game that was being played in pittsburgh uh stadium and they 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 shot all the scenes before the game so that's just fun. So my wife and her. Wait, family. it was a real game? Yeah. Like that's just the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Gotham team. And then the other team is the Seattle Seahawks. So did they actually wear those jerseys for the game? No, like they they, they probably changed, but. Dang, that would have been cool. Yeah. So that's that's fun. I knew some about that before this movie came out, but it's just a. It's a also one of. One of the teams was Gotham City and the other was Rapid City. As far as I can tell, Rapid City is a original city. Do you know anything about that? Um, I know a real Rapid City, but it's very small. So it's not that okay. Rapid City. <laughs> well, I guess there's Rapid City, South Dakota's big-ish, but not big enough to be relevant in pro sports. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I was wondering how the mayor survived all this time. Like I could have, I, I would have sworn that he had died in dark Knight, but I, I guess he didn't. <laughs> I, I'm, he did die in this one. Yep. Very, very blandly. This blew up the box. Yeah. Anyway. So that was, that was one that I wanted to mention is the, the football, the football stadium stuff is a well-known thing. Uh, filming wise, it's a hodgepodge, but they filmed most of the movie in Pittsburgh. 
hence the football stadium. They filmed a fair amount in Chicago, like Dark Knight. And then I think they did some external shots in New York City and they filmed some in LA. So the scene with the stock exchange, the chase scene follows from the real New York, like New York stock exchange. Uh, but then like the end of the chase scene is in Los Angeles. And that, okay. that that's a convoluted way of doing it. Just cracked me up. That's just very interesting. Yeah. But that's kind of how movies are made sometimes. Uh, let's talk about the writing. So I wanted to talk about it this time because some people mistakenly believe, as I did, uh, that Nolan approached these as a trilogy and that he was always going to do three of them. But that's not actually the truth. Nolan made these one at a time uh, and he approaches each one without much regard for what comes after. Like he approaches them as one movie in the same universe or setting as the previous film. So that's kind of why there was a three to four year gap in between each of them, because there's a good extra year outside of filming that either the studio was trying to get Nolan to come back. There's a lot of convincing. And then Goyer, David S. Goyer, the writer, and Nolan trying to work a story that was worthy of Nolan coming back. So usually that was going on between each of these. Out of the three, I think this one is the most connected to one of the other films. Yes. Uh, like this one has connections to Dent being in Dark Knight and Rachel dying and stuff like that. I don't really think Dark Knight was very much connected to Begins. Yeah. So you could, I think this one follows the other ones, but he wasn't, he certainly wasn't thinking about what came after. Yeah. At all. So sequels aren't really Nolan's thing, as we said last week. So he was even more so in denial of doing a third one until he had a story worthy of it. Um, I imagine that Batman Begins was still made with the idea of making sequels, hence Begins. But Nolan was more thinking, oh, I'll just make this film, make it really good. And then the studio can make sequels if they want with other people. But then he wanted to come on. He wanted to make Joker in the universe. And then he wanted to make this. He thought he could make a good enough story to come back. But part of part of the situation with writing was the untimely death of Heath Ledger after The Dark Knight. Uh, there were no exact plans for a third film, but it's been said that Heath and Nolan got along really well. They became fast friends on the set of Dark Knight. Nolan loved what he brought to the role of Joker. And so there were times that Nolan said on set, if they did a third one, he would have to incorporate Joker to invite Heath to come back. Uh, the main truth of the planned out trilogy is that Goyer penned a two-film storyline with the Joker. In the beginnings of writing for The Dark Knight, Goyer proposed a two-film storyline, the first focusing on Joker and the second focusing on Two-Face. Of course, this merged into The Dark Knight, which is what we got. So hopefully that kind of clears things up. There wasn't like a rewrite for this. There wasn't, um, obviously there's, they probably wanted to have the Joker in this storyline a little more, but like that was a roadblock they or they had immediately. Like they didn't have, they weren't in the writing process for the third one until after the second one was finished and assumably after Heath died. Because I originally thought that Bane, they had to make Bane a more mastermind character to fill the gap, but that's not true. 
Yeah. From what I've been able to research. Uh, Development-wise, Christopher Nolan did mention that they're considering using a mix of CGI and deleted scenes to have Joker briefly appear. He ultimately decided it was disrespectful to Heath Ledger. Uh, It's also rare of him to want to use CGI. Yes. I mean, I'm sure he had to for some things. Yeah. Uh, Some of these are just, this part's just kind of random, but... Tom Hardy had to wear three-inch lifts to make Bat Bane appear tall as Tom Hardy's 5'9". And Christian Bale's six foot, Fox, all of them are tall. I thought that was funny. I don't really ever think Tom Hardy is short, so that was... You never know. Uh, Gary Oldman said the ending was kept in secret and the actors were told it verbally to avoid leaks. Uh, Tom Hardy accepted the role without reading the script. He said the hardest part of the movie for him was beating up Batman. He felt like he was beating up his childhood hero. But that being said, when Nolan called action, he just started throwing punches as hard as he could. Uh, The line, that's a lovely voice, was improvised. Um, And of course, we have with Christian Bale and Tom Hardy in a movie, the excessive weight gain or weight loss section of trivia. Christian Bale put on 20 pounds for this one, like in The Dark Knight. Tom Hardy put on 30 pounds in less than a year for Bane. Uh, He denied taking performance-enhancing drugs, but it was a pretty veiled response. He did exclaim later that Bane was the harshest transformation on his body, so he can't really say it publicly, but I'm probably 90% sure he took steroids. Uh, Casting... Uh, this movie kind of ended up being an uh, Inception reunion. Nolan wanted, I can't say her name, Marion Cotillard uh, for Miranda Tate slash Talia. He wanted her so badly that he adjusted the film schedule to accommodate for her pregnancy. She's just a superwoman. She gave birth one month before she started filming. They had a whole place on set for her family to stay. And along with filming this, she flew back and forth between Pittsburgh and France to film the film Rust and Bone. Nolan called her a superwoman for doing all of that, and he was very thankful to have her in this movie. Uh, she also, as she's French, she did all of the the French dubs for the France and Quebec versions herself. Wow, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Uh, Catwoman is the everyone and their dog auditioned role. <laughs> Anne Hathaway, Natalie Portman, Kira Knightley, Kate Mara, Gemma Arterton, Jessica Biel, Blake Lively, Lady Gaga. There was like five different things about Lady Gaga almost being Catwoman. And Charlotte Riley, which was Tom Hardy's fiance at the time, they all auditioned for Catwoman. Uh, after the initial audition process, Hathaway, Beale, and Kate Mara all screen tested for the role. I thought Kate Mara would have been great too, but Anne Hathaway was great. Was uh, Catwoman ever mentioned to be Catwoman in this movie? No. So that was another part of this. She never directly called Catwoman. A couple people called her the cat. Or Selena would mention, like, cat got your tongue. Uh, But that was kind of more back to her origins of the character. They called her the cat. And then Catwoman kind of came later. So Catwoman is never said, but also in the shooting scripts, they just used Catwoman. So the subtitles say Catwoman. Okay. 
uh, Anne Hathaway, I mean, she's just kind of born for this kind of role. She was actually casted before this as Black Cat for Spider-Man 4, which was set to release in 2011. As comic book fans everywhere know, the movie was scrapped. Uh, she was super psyched to get this role, though. Uh, as she's a woman, I didn't really look for a weight gain or loss. I didn't really want to read into that. But she worked Ooh, out five. Call. Yeah, yeah. That's not polite. But she worked out five days a week on a strict regimen to prepare for this role. She noted this as the hardest physical build for a role to date. She based her performance off uh, Heidi Lamar, who originally inspired the character of Catwoman. I would put her like in the same realm as the Tomb Raider, the new Tomb Raider, and uh, Captain Marvel. Like They all put on a ton of muscle. It's just harder to notice on women, so just kudos to them. Uh, uh, the new Tomb Raider. Uh, yes. I can't remember her name now. V something, Alicia Vikander. Yes, thank you. Oof. Yeah, she was great. She's awesome. We're gonna have to rewatch that sometime. Uh, the next section is hey, look at that, <laughs> an Easter egg. Or something. <laughs> That's what this section's called. Uh, there's a bunch of never mentioned or not included set pieces or scenes in this. Uh, Batman doesn't use the grapple gun for himself a single time. He only uses it once to save a motorcycle hostage. He never glides with the cape. He only uses the cape once to save him his fall. I'm pretty sure that's the Bane fight. That's the only time he uses his cape. Yeah. Uh, out of respect for Heath and his performance, Joker is never said. Um, Arkham Asylum is never mentioned. Blackgate is in this instead. So making this the only second modern Batman film to do so. Modern in this case, I'm referring to everything Batman 89 and, and beyond. Pun intended for the word beyond. This is tied for the biggest Batman budget at $250 million, which is massive. Uh, tied with Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, the Dark Knight was 185 million. So this is a this is a big budget. Technically speaking, I'm pretty sure if you counted Justice League and the Snyder Cut Justice League, put that all together, it's probably going to be bigger budget. But that's not exactly a Batman movie. So, Killian Murphy carries the most reappearances for a live action Batman villain as Scarecrow. He's in all three movies. Uh, there's also a tie for like most appeared in Batman movies for a lot of characters like Alfred and Gordon and stuff. At the beginning, the mayor and uh, Commissioner Gordon speak on Harvey Dent Day. They both stand like right in between two big pictures of Harvey's face, which alludes to Two-Face. Bruce doesn't wear a mask at the masquerade scene, furthering the theme of Bruce being the mask and Batman being his more true identity. Uh, William Devane has played the president like at least four times. There's just a bunch of stuff like he played the president in this, but he also played JFK in a movie. And then he also played the president in uh, 24 Live Another Day, which was two years after this. And he's played like a president, in, like at least one more thing. So it's just like this guy just plays the president and everything. Uh, <laughs> this is a really silly fact, but I find it really funny. Christian Bale and Joseph Gordon-Levitt had never been in a movie together, but they had some really strange things in common. They both played Jim Hawkins. Christian Bale played him in Treasure Island, and Gordon-Levitt played him in Treasure Planet. I didn't even know Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in Treasure Planet. 
Uh, they did two Disney movies each. Bale did Newsies, which is a great role, very out of norm the norm for him, but it's really good. And Pocahontas, and then Joseph Gordon-Levitt did Angels in the Outfield and Treasure Planet. Their first Disney movies each were live action, and then their second Disney movies were animated. And then they both appeared in Christopher Nolan movies. Uh, Christian Bale did The Batman Begins, Prestige, and The Dark Knight, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt appeared in Inception. <laughs> Just... <laughs> That's so so straight. Just a bunch of weird coincidences. That's like the same... There was that trivia from The Amazing Spider-Man where like so-and-so had red hair but actually has blonde hair and so-and-so has blonde hair but for the movie had red hair that's that's what that was for the longest time and it's still to this day i am positive that gordon in the gotham show is played by joseph gordon levitt i know it's been mckenzie but still to this day i think they're the same person they do kind of i do they do remind me of each other and gotham came out like pretty soon after this movie and so for the longest time i was like as the same person (laughs) uh speaking of hair something i didn't mention christian bale dyed his own hair like the great the gray in his hair he did that himself to he wanted to be to portray bruce's age a little more i thought that was cool so why didn't he have uh makeup people do it (laughs) i don't know christian bale's just weird (laughs) What a weirdo. <laughs> he kind of is. But and there is there's also something else that I didn't write down, but it's a it's just a cool story. Uh the first time on this on set where he put on the Batman suit again, everybody clapped. Oh wow. Yeah, everybody was just like super hyped to to make this last movie. I think it's a pretty good send-off. But it kind of Yeah. In 2022's view, I don't know any other movies that did this. There's only two movies of this category. But Logan is just one of the best movies ever for me. So it's it's a much bigger send off for both for both Hugh Jackman's Wolverine and Charles Xavier that it's hard to compare this and that. Uh, I agree. Um, it's hard to compare those two. I've actually only seen Logan once. I've only seen Logan um, like twice. I thought it. I, I think it's a good film, but. I'm going to have to watch it again before I really talk about that a lot. But um, as far as this being a good send-off for Batman, at what point do you think Batman got out of the bat? Yeah, we need to talk about that. (laughs) I don't know. Because he's like looking up with his hand on the controls in the bat right before the bomb goes off. So... Uh, I'm not sure if this is true, but I think a good spot for him to get out would be after he shoots the rocket at the building or something and there's a big explosion. And he dives I into the building. I think he could escape then. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if there's a scene after that of him in the cockpit. I think there is, though. Like when they're watching him fly over the bridge, then we see Batman. But we don't know Dang if he's it. actually in the cockpit, I think. It's so close up that he might just be oh, okay. piloting it. But then that means that he had a chair and all of that set up in this abandoned building. <laughs> uh, and he can't, like, I was thinking, like, maybe his 
seat moves and he goes down into the sewer like before he even takes off oh maybe huh you can't really maybe. see into the window i think nolan is just being mean because he didn't even give us an opportunity to figure out when he did that on purpose do you, do you think this is intended kind of like inception to be like did he survive maybe did he, he not is yeah maybe he is thing? dead like maybe alfred's just imagining it yeah maybe i think but that's no only because this is such I a i think that was what i thought that was what I thought the first time I saw it, but since then I don't know. I think it's I think it really is Bruce, but I have no idea how he did it. Because they talked yeah. about how he I think Bruce makes like when he mentions to when he come he's come back from the pit, him and Fox are working on the bat. And he's like, Yeah, it runs great. Even without the autopilot. Like Bruce kind of, when he says it like that, it's almost like a pointed statement, but Fox doesn't pick it up. Yeah. And so he thinks that Bruce never had time to fix the autopilot, but he did. Yeah. And so, and then they reveal at the end that they're like, oh, there's a, no, it's done. There's a patch on it by Bruce Wayne. <laughs> Bruce Wayne, that's gotta be a joke. <laughs> and so... I, I think it is really him, only because this this entire universe is so grounded in reality. Like, the only ghost-type thing we have is Ra's al Ghul, and that's a dream. Right, yeah. So, even that is, like, that's, like, the only circumstance I can think of. Oh, something I just thought of. I think, and I didn't look into this, I think Elliot Page slash Ellen Page at the time was a... Uh, Talia's mother. What? <laughs> I I there's those like flashback scenes. Yeah. I'm looking it up. Uh that would be crazy. Oh, there's a bunch of rumors. We got this covered. They're oh, they're all that, It's all this uh -oh. It's all this stuff that she was going to play Batgirl, but that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not finding it. The warlord's daughter. I think she just looks similar, but it's not her. Speaking of, uh, oh, they Umbrella so Academy season three is being released this year. I'm very excited for that. Maybe you'll have to do some reviews of that. I haven't watched it, so. Um, what do you? Uh, so this is a whole very grounded uh, trilogy. What other Batman villains do you think they could have, maybe should have added in this trilogy? Oh, I was going to ask you that. Crap. Uh, oh, you turned it on oh, me. Oh, before we answer, there was a slight mention of uh, Killer Croc. Yes. Um, when Commissioner's in the hospital and he's like talking about everything underground, uh, whatever Foley, Detective Foley, is like, oh, yeah, were there crocodiles down there too? Well, they no, they asked uh, Joseph Gordon, Le well, John Blake. They asked John Blake if he like talked to the other people about what he found. And he said they asked me if I saw any giant alligators. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely a Killer Croc reference, like one hundred percent. Yeah. Hmm. Riddler is an obvious choice. 
Yeah. Uh, we already got Zaz, so that doesn't we can't say that again because he's already in this universe. Mm. Mad Hatter, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I um, I this would be a really small character, but I think maybe Professor Pig. Oh, if we had to, yes. The Dolatrons <laughs> thing wouldn't work though. He'd just have to be right. like a serial, just a standard serial killer. Yeah. Yeah, more along the lines of Zaz, but maybe a little bit more. Mm. Oh, I wish you could do like Mr. Freeze, but you can't. He's not grounded enough. Yeah. Uh, Man Bat's not grounded enough. Yeah, I think like definitely not Man Bat, Poison Ivy, Poison Mr. Ivy's Freeze, out. or Clayface. They're all out. Riddler. You probably couldn't do Court of Owls. You could do it and just be different. Uh, Rid- yeah. I, I think Riddler and Mad Hatter are probably the two best contenders. Penguin. You could I know they were thinking about doing people oh. wanted to do Penguin. And Christopher Nolan yeah. said no. But Penguin doesn't have to be Especially as we're as we're seeing in the Batman, Penguin doesn't have to be like robotic penguin set to explode. Yeah, he's he's definitely gonna be more of a mob boss, I think, in the Batman. Yeah, and I they could have done Penguin for sure. Harley Quinn. Sure. <laughs> yeah. They already did Joker. Deadshot, they could have done Deadshot. Oh, yeah, they definitely could have done Deadshot. Deathstroke? Sure. Maybe? I don't know. Is Deathstroke... I don't know about the comics, but now I just see Deathstroke as a Green Arrow villain. I think just because... Oh. Uh, what's his face? <laughs> the New Zealand guy. His He's as bad as that show is sometimes. Manu Bennett? Manu Bennett is such a good Deathstroke. He's. I really like him as an actor. He was in Shannara Chronicles. That was a good show. I watched a bit of that. I didn't finish it. Should I go back to it? Um. At this point, probably not. <laughs> More Manu Bennett. Good, I say, <laughs> bring him back. Yeah, he is great. I think that's pretty much all the Batman villains they could do. The other ones are like dumb. Like you could do Deacon Blackfire or something, but. That wouldn't be interesting. <laughs> Hush. You could do Hush. Yeah. Man, Hush needs like a revamp, I think. Yeah. Anyway. Did you watch uh, the Hush animated movie? No. I'm I'm really behind on oh. animated stuff. Okay. They're, they did a weird twist with Hush in that movie. I didn't like it. Oh, they could have done... Uh, Birds of Prey villain. Uh, except he's a Batman. Yeah, Black Mask. They could do Black Mask. Yeah. Only if you and McGregor played him again. So, this trilogy kind of like with each movie, they increased how many Batman Road villains they had in the movie. So the first one, uh, there was Zaz was in it, but for like one scene, and he didn't talk or anything. But uh, the main villains were Crane and Roz. Uh, and then Falcone. obviously, yeah, yeah, there were there were other mob mentions like Falcone. Um, 
Dark Knight had three Crane, Joker, and Two Face. Pretty sure there was. Oh, uh, Maroni was in that one as well. Another mob boss. Uh, Rises sort of had five, mainly four. They had Crane, uh, Catwoman, Bane, Talia, and Roz. Roz, like we mentioned already, was kind of just a hallucination. Uh, Talia uh, was a bad guy only for the last five minutes. Yeah, and Catwoman was like an anti-hero. Mostly sorta. good guy at the end. And Crane had like two lines. Uh, but um, I, I don't know how you want to count that one. But it's yeah. it's technically five, so but it's more like just... one and a half, maybe two. two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <but> two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, it was. I th- I think that was really cool of increasing how many villains they had in each one, uh, especially with having Crane in each one because his parts were in the first one was great, and the second and third it was more comical or funny maybe not comical is the right word in this movie um but it was his parts in this were great killian murphy's great this honestly just in wrapping up this made me really excited for the batman i'm really excited for a new fresh batman because we I'm went still from not sold on Riddler in that movie, but no, no, there's a so lot of fun. there's a lot of things I'm like, Ooh, I don't know, but I'm I know it's gonna be fun if nothing else. And the yeah. fact, just the fact that's like we went from like old Batman, and then like three years later, four years later, technically, we got Ben Affleck, which was like another old Batman. And granted, he was awesome for that one movie, but it was like the rest of the things he's just old, and so. I'm ready for a new young Batman. Whatever that looks yeah, like. Yeah, I don't... In Batman Begins, we had, like... Yeah. In Batman Begins, we had, like, the beginning of Batman, but it wasn't even, like, Batman year one type stuff. And we, we've we never had that in any of the Batman movies. So, I yeah, I'm really excited to see that side of Batman. Well, this is going to be Batman year two, basically. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting, too. It's kind of going to be like the kicking off with the Dark Knight, almost. Anyway, any final thoughts, Tim? If you are caving and a bunch of caves or uh, bats start swarming you, uh, it could be a sign that you should be the next Batman. Ooh, so true. Or you're going to be Batman again. If that's you were true. Batman before. Oh, uh, or that's a sign that you should take the leap without the rope. <laughs> Ooh, very true. Drop that rope. Lose the rope. <laughs> or I, I did like that he I did like he made it to the top and he just dropped the rope. He's like, no, nah, these prisoners, they've they've had enough. They can get out. <laughs> uh so the plan for the podcast, uh obviously subscribe, leave a review, all that jazz. Uh, follow us on Instagram, Phantom Done Right, for more content. That's how you get to know. That's also like we'll post new episodes and stuff on there, uh, so you know when those are dropping. We are hoping to do a little Batman break and do Uncharted next week. Scheduling wise, we're just gonna see if it pans out. I have enough time to see the movie, but recording the review, 
Cole, me, maybe Tim. We're just going to figure that out. And then we're planning on one more Batman episode before the Batman 2022 review. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next time.